God, everybody, welcome to episode three, three, three of The Hook. I am Morgan J., your host. This is the podcast where we talk about music. We talk about, you know, creativity, music-related things. Uh, I hope you're doing well. I'm feeling really great. This is a wonderful episode. I really enjoyed this episode, actually, because this was the first time I actually sat down with this musician. Um, he is hailing all the way from Austria. He is somebody that has garnered millions and millions of streams uh, for his music uh, on Spotify, iTunes, and all those streaming platforms. He has upwards of hundreds of songs that he's written. Most recently, he released an album, uh, the title track, Closer. He collaborated with Chromio on. It's a fantastic, fantastic track. It's very catchy. I, I think you're going to love him. Uh, and I just had such a great conversation with him. And he talks about everything, you know, the music scene in Europe versus the U.S., uh, how one ends up doing a collaboration with somebody like Chromio, songwriting processes. He had just some great advice if you're a musician or an artist starting out. And I just really enjoyed him. Like, I, I want to hang out with him. And then even, even after we were done recording, we just hung out and, and played some music together. So I really, really hope you enjoy this episode. And I hope the vibe comes through because we really had a good time. So please enjoy this episode where we talk to James Hersey. This is the hook. The hook. The hook. The hook. The hook. Did you have any expectations with this band this, you were, that you were in for seven years? Yeah. So um, I thought it was Spirits. a lot shorter than that. It was Distilled Spirits, and there was another rival band called Locked Out. And <laughs> we played Distilled Spirits. We did a couple covers. We did Mill and Colin, Pennywise, No Effects and a rancid cover yeah and they pl also played four songs and we kind of hated each other and then Damn, uh the time passed and some people left the school it was a i went to an international school it's also why i speak english yeah. like this yeah, yeah, yeah. um and so kids came and went take it off take the, oh the phone okay yeah, yeah. um take it off did you take, it off, <laughs> take it off take it off take it off going for it uh and then we became one and that was the beginning of project 05 in 2005 that became the validators and the wow. validators did pretty well like we won a i saw we won, won two, two band contests yeah. uh, the first one we just got some equipment the second one we got some money and we made an album which exists out there called rock we hard which is pretty good and the way it disintegrated which you wrote in your question is that the band leader left and then I took over. You were playing drums. Right? I was playing drums. Yeah. Then I started playing bass and we got a better drummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was doing backing vocals. And then when he left, I was like, hey, I can sing, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so I did play guitar and started writing like these acoustic love songs on the side. And then those kind of took over f in my mind. Those are those. Okay, yeah. And the whole vibe like that was in, in this specific scene that I was in, um, w everything was pretty negative. Like it, c it can oh. be with with. Uh, punk when you're like anti-establishment anti-everything yeah um, you're like and anti -positivity. that was really you're yeah like, can, bro, we, was, can we feel good about ourselves though? yeah anything like can we just take the day like with, <laughs> with warmth in the morning or something yeah. something good you know and, and that was hard to find at least over there it wasn't like scream quirk punk you know what i'm talking about or it was like you know what I'm talking about? like no it wasn't really it was like melodic pop punk it was okay, like gotcha. alkaline trio yeah i love this band. oh yeah yeah I'll you know trio. trio i believe so yeah yeah i was talking about them yesterday like as if everybody in in this country do they do knew that them. song maybe no i'm thinking about the american rejects i think yeah i'm not sure that tr they're so famous like to me they are because two albums of theirs good morning and crimson were like that exact time that we were making music that sure. was the band we referenced yeah um a lot okay. so yeah but it's something like that and, and uh 
Yeah, but that then, band fell apart. Yeah, but then you go on. Oh, well, let me just say this. So you're you're in this band, and that was the only time you were in a band. Uh, no, I played in another band a- after that also did okay. We 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 did we had three songwriters and three singers, which is an Whoa. issue yeah, because is an we were issue. like we're the Beatles, and yeah. nobody is gonna mind. Yeah. And there's no industry to the point that we were v- extremely focused on how to do things right. We were just doing. Yeah, just and we did all right. And people liked the songs. Yeah, yeah, I think it was good. It was very good, but it was it it didn't work because how can you like it's hard to promote a band with three different lead vocalists yeah. in different songs that sound I, completely different. I think here. I heard an interview with a guy from Semisonic, uh, Dan Wilson. He he wrote closing closing time, and he was kind of talking about he had a conversation with his band like, hey, I'll write the songs. And but like we'll split like he was like here we'll make a deal like I want to write the songs, but we'll share some I, I don't know exactly what it was but yeah. he made a deal at the top because I feel like okay. without some sort of clear guideline, everybody's like no my song my song my song. I mean we did write them separately and that's why they all had different completely different characteristics. It was really a songwriting project that mm-hmm. we put on stage together. Okay, you know, and we all put po- pooled our friends and family together to come to shows and that sort of worked. So yeah. we didn't have to do individual stuff and we ha- always had a band for our songs. So in that way, like I learned a lot. That was really more of a rock band. And then okay. that, that turned into me dropping out of school because I was so heartbroken. I didn't give a fuck about who anything you, wait, anymore. Who broke your heart? Uh, who is she? Girl, oh yeah, really. That's, well, this is where it all starts. I really, was right? she, she has kids now. And she's married. And I'm happy for her. Oh, my We're, God. Really, like, I have the we same. We became friends. We say the same. Yeah. I mean, dude. There's a couple. But for me, I moved like, here there's for, I moved so here for many. a girl. You did. Just yeah. Who crushed course, my heart. Of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Now you live in this beautiful apartment alone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, you, uh, you said you also, well, here you said you did choir too. And I was, uh, in, I was in choir in high school, all state choir. Like so the girl that broke my heart moved to China that year, actually. That you were going to jump in and interrupt. No, me. go for it. No, no, let's do it. Let's, I want to, I'd rather, I honestly <laughs> love talking about this, this. Well, what's really interesting is I did it. The girl who broke my heart was a musician. Yes. Coincidentally. Coincidentally. Yeah. And she said something, she was on TV. She was on America's Got Talent. She was a really talented songwriter. Huge. Yeah. Great. And, um, but and she said something like oh you know i think i feel i believe like i have to have different partners to write songs and write material like and i don't know if you could resonate with this because i've definitely written songs about different people that i've dated and scenarios and and it does you do get inspiration from different lovers but i, I don't know if that's something that resonates with you or if you f- find that that's you know, I also heard an, a, a really famous mu- musician say, don't let your relationships define your art. You could write songs about breakups and m- like falling in love, even if you're in a committed relationship. Like, yeah, you, you can, you can, you know, tell, s- <laughs> how do I say this? Songwriters are storytellers. Yeah. It doesn't always have to be like, this is my life. It's like, hey, have you ever thought about this crazy thing that people do sometimes when they're lonely? And, yeah. you know, even if you're not feeling it, it's just the job of an artist to me is like being an observer because yeah. people don't have the time to do that. Are you ever out and, having, take the time. you ever out having conversations with people or you're just hanging out with, with friends and somebody says something really like a really good phrase or word or t- and you're like, that's the title of a song. Dude, I take notes when people talk to me on the phone. I'm sitting Absolutely. there like, mm, mm, tell me more. Tell me more yeah. about your heartache. <laughs> Feed me my next album. Yes. Um, that's a good, that's a good thing for you guys. If you're a songwriter at home, like keep your ears open and keep your pen pad open because you know, you may not have a infinite amount of, of, of heartache and love to sing about. At a certain point, you might find somebody and be happy. And then what are you going to do then? So you got to just keep your ears open for inspiration. Even you know? if you do, man, the stories are out there. They and they're, are. They're, it's up to us as artists to like pluck them out and show them to people and share them with the world, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So heartbreak, <laughs> heartbreak led to, for, to me dropping out of school. Yeah. Um, and I went to study jazz guitar for a wow. year. And it was the first time that I 
saw what you like Bossa Nova. I like Bossa Nova. Yeah, I'm Brazilian. I'm, I love Bossa. Awesome. That's a big influence on my yeah. my my music. I think the biggest portion of my small record collection is like three Bossa Nova. Really? Bonnie. Yeah, little little Jobim, yeah. little Stan Gatz, little, Stan little yeah. And little I, but I have two Jobim. I have Wave and uh, one. I'm gonna put you onto this Brazilian um, musician, Jorge Ben George, who was like cool. he he was very interesting because he did Bossa Nova, funk and samba, and he like put them all together. So some of his songs like are are such a vibe. Big, f- I love. Awesome. I want to. Yeah. Anyway, it's all about the. It's all about the how you, how you mash up music. Um, well, so so you're from Europe. You. Uh, that's basically it. Yeah. You're from. <laughs> no, you're from. Well, no, I mean you're from Europe because I want. Yeah. I'm just keeping an eye on time and stuff because totally. we got a lot of questions. So you're from yeah. Europe, uh, but you're here in LA, and I think one of the things I want to know, and I think people might be interested to know, is uh, what are the biggest differences between the you know the European music scene and the American music scene? Yeah, that's. Great question. Um, when I was a kid, there was a lot of international stuff going on. So yeah. everything would come from outside and there was limited Austrian music that was, if, if it would be around, it would be like pushed into folk, Volksmusik, which is essentially like country. Volksmusik. Like, Volksmusik, like, which is like folk music. But it's okay. very, it's, is that an exact a specific, translation? Volksmusik is folk music, yeah. Okay. Um, and there's a specific genre of Volksmusik called Schlager, which is like the cheesiest version of country. I would, I don't know what it would be here. Okay. Um, even though I sound like I probably should know more <laughs> about the culture, okay. maybe. Um, yeah. Yeah, and uh, that wasn't my vibe at all. And I was writing in English as a kid already, stories and stuff. And yeah. Never wrote in German. So it, it worked out for me to start in English. Now there's a completely different movement. So yeah. every band that you can think of here, um, maybe not Krunk Band, but if it's like Vampire Weekend sure. or, uh, or you know whatever punk bands or rock bands that you like, Arctic Monkeys, there's a version of that in German. Just like there's a version of that in Spanish and French, yeah. and there's a fully functioning industry and very lively and very uh, lucrative industry happening for, for for music in Germany right now, like gangster rap. There's a huge. Oh yeah, these, I've heard some of it yeah. from, from there. It's pretty. Do- some they of come over pretty here, dope. yeah, oh, like yeah. on World Star Hip Hop. Like one of the most viewed video, you know, top twenty videos is like this German, um, this German gang that's like doing yeah shit over there. That's dope. I, is it? I don't know. I don't know. It's. The, I mean, I, I know what you're saying though. My dad, who was a he was a pop star in Argentina. He was doing like that surf rock music, you know, like that they were had like like that. He was doing that shit, but it was all in Spanish, right? Awesome, you know. So it was Argentinian like, Spanish. Argentinian, yeah, exactly. So it was very interesting to see. Yeah. But would you say it's more supportive over there? I only ask because I've had a couple friends go over there, a couple bands who've been over there. One band that I think about that I used to do open mics with in New York was this band called Darwin D's. I love Darwin D's. Lo- I was gonna say I, it's one of the things that doesn't come up that much, and people don't know it that much. Yo, I'm, I bring it up in sessions. People are like, "Who?" and I play it, and they're like, no, "Whoa, this so, is good." Constellations. Yeah. Or, oh my god, one of yeah. my favorite. I saw them live here at the Echo yeah. uh, many years ago. It was one of the best live shows that I had ever Crazy seen. Crazy live show. Yeah. Uh, and I would I would do open mics with them in Brooklyn. That's right? so sick. Yeah, and, Darwin's. And, I mean, really yeah, legend. And, and they went over to Europe, and I feel like got really great feedback and success, and it was super supportive. And I've heard of other artists you know, going there and being able to tour. And I just feel like people in Europe are like down to go out and <laughs> to do, do live shit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think it's, it's definitely more thriving here, but bands like that, like some bands just make it over there and don't yeah. make it here, you know, and some yeah. break over there and can, can come back. Come Kings back. of Leon broke in the UK and was, nobody was interested until they managed to do that first, yeah. even though they're from here. Um, and Darwin's a great example. I mean, what, what a legend back there. And then nobody here knows who that no, is. Yeah. And yeah. they have, he, uh, Darwin D's has like, four or five albums at this point and they're all fucking 
They're very cool. Great. Yeah. 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 I think he ended up moving somewhere like Connecticut and being away from the band, which led to whatever yeah. is happening now. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you just fade away from it. Dude, well, life hard. happens, man. This yeah. is like a big part, part of what I was thinking when I told you earlier, like that my music has been through so many phases as an as an organic human being goes through life. You know, yeah. like it's just it's a real thing if you take care of it, you know? Yeah. And I've been doing it for 10 years. So, I mean, I think you wrote 15 years, but it's really been... Well, I, I added uh, I added your... You're your from 11-ish, you know? Right, right, right. From those years on. Yeah. Um, but would you say, so how would you d d d compare Ameri the American music scene to the Euro Europe scene? Yeah, so um, the U.S. has a real industry. Being here for me is like, this is the best city in the world if you have my job because I can yeah. just work all the time and my purpose is filled Yeah. every day. Yeah. There's like a, a desire to have me around and like my skill set, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's not like that in, in Berlin or Austria for okay. me. Like if I was singing in German or writing in German, I think it'd be very different. Then it, yeah. there would be no reason for me to come here. So, okay. I yeah. feel that. Yeah. I, 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 the only other cities I went to in Europe, I went to London, uh, Amsterdam and Paris and Amsterdam kind of felt like a 24 seven music festival. Yeah. <laughs> That's the vibe I got from Amsterdam. It's, the, it's like the Austin. Of, it, yeah. yeah it really I, I love the city. I thought yeah. it was dope as hell. Um, what are we talking about? Okay. Least favorite part of the music industry. Like I work in entertainment and so I have the things I love and hate about it. But what do you, what do you, something that just really bothers you about this industry? And you know, like I've, I'm sure I wrote a note there and I'm just going to say something else probably. Well, I'm excited to see what you say. Cause I like, I love what you wrote. Yeah. Maybe you can remind me afterwards. I yeah. think that one of the hardest, and I remember this being the first thing I wanted to write. One of the hardest things for me is actually making records. I love writing songs. I love performing songs with yeah. the guitar. Um, I love that like first iteration of a song, but then when it needs to be turned into a record that can be streamed tens and hundreds of millions of times, there's so much meta going on with producers and labels and people just, and, and yourself. Um, it really turns you Little, off. A ton of, a ton of voices in your ear. Like, Hey, don't, with this song, you got to do this. You got to do this. You yeah, do man. This, you and it's like, this, you got to do that. And then you got to think, well, what's happening right now, but what's going to happen next? And what did we miss that we could catch up on, you know, music yeah. production. And it gets this clusterfuck that I just can't stand. Like, I love to just play for people directly with the guitar. Like, oh, actually what you're doing. Honestly, yeah. Is I, so I, brilliant uh, for that. Yeah. Right now it's just, I, I felt like if I could perform live, I could easily translate to a studio at some point you know yeah. what i mean if we and? needed to how's it going it's going good i i, I just want to i'm learning how to produce a little i mean it's it's honestly i don't know how any songs get made with the three million sounds that exist yeah that you just sit in a studio from nine to midnight every day like oh does this sound work does this sound work does this sound work this sound? Yeah. that's the sound yeah. and then you go back you're like mm, let's change it up again you yeah. know I don't know how anything gets it's done. It's really difficult. And some people really uh, have a true vision for it. Like someone who can draw something that they see in front of them. You know, I see a tree and I think it's beautiful and I appreciate it. I can close my eyes and see it again, but yeah. I couldn't possibly put a pen to paper and make it look like a tree ever. Yeah. I'm always, I worked with this one producer uh, and I was, and just for a couple of songs and I was always really impressed with, with him. Like he would make, he would be making beats and as he made the beat, I would write the song and, nice. and like just in the room, I was like, all right, I'll just write a song to this, you know? Cool. And then uh, we'd lay down, you know, a scratch vocal and he'd be like, oh, you know what? It's going to be cool. Like right after that, you put a little like a little f vocal. I, I don't know. He, you know, like the producers, I feel like they come in and they really know how to add these little elements that you yeah. wouldn't even think of. You're like, I yeah. just want to write the song. Yeah. 
let's just you focus know? on the song yeah and th there's a lot to learn man it's you know by now especially with like youtube and stuff there's so many ways of doing things yeah. and so many ways of learning things do you lean now? what did i write oh you wrote oh this is great <laughs> you wrote the expectation the fact that the driver of any industrial endeavor is capitalism Dude. which apparently equates success to a continuous increase in returns Dude, which, overthinking it in no, the middle of the night was so i gotta I, i've been, I've been <laughs> I not believe, i can't believe you you went this deep with it but <laughs> listen you're not wrong but there is a certain spot where you know you are putting a product out you yeah. know like we all want to be artists right but you have to meet your audience halfway and you also have a lot of people counting on you dude it's a business out here like it's uh, it's a legit I business i don't mean just in this country like it's a business everywhere and if yeah, you want to make it in the business it's a com it's a different way of thinking you yeah. know i have friends of mine that make music for therapy that make music for fun that go to go to a hospital and just sing to people or go to a yeah but like for themselves too man just yeah. right i mean helping people is incredible you you make people laugh which is amazing with yeah. music you have a beautiful voice oh, which you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i do um so yeah i i don't know for me the industry it, it is that expectation of, and, and always like somebody telling you what you should be doing in the sense that like you know people are like go oh, post a tiktok you know post to this post to that make sure the clips are this or that but the thing is, like, everybody's working off a playbook that somebody else invented. You know what I mean? Dude, and, like, how many people say to me in the industry, like, TikTok this, Instagram that. I'm like, do you work for these companies? Any of them? I want to talk you? to you about that you because, know? you know, how do you feel about how? Because you've been doing it for a decade, uh, you know, at the very least. I've been doing comedy since I was 20, about 14 years. And when we started, TikTok didn't exist. Instagram didn't exist. Yeah. YouTube barely existed. And uh, it's kind of changed the game as far as like, you know, I have a friend, he doesn't put out albums. He put out, he puts out singles every month. He puts out a single every month. Great. And his, his shit is growing at a really great rate. Um, and then you see some other artists on TikTok who just like, I saw this one artist, he, he did a cover, an R&B cover of uh, uh, Billy I one of Billie Eilish's songs. And like overnight he got like, he then he posted the song ne the next week and within a day it had 100 million streams or like wow something like that that's crazy. something something crazy like that he posted the cover or maybe it was a million or streams it was a million streams i mean so he, would be insane so yeah. He, yeah he posted he posted literally a, he goes what if this song by billy eilish was an r&b song so then he does it he does like 40 seconds of it the, the the clip got like 20 plus million views amazing and then he was like oh shit i he literally i saw his story he goes i don't know what's happening i'm freaking out because everything was blowing up yeah and then he, the next week, he just put it out. And then right after that, I think it was within a day, he, he got a million streams. Uh, it definitely wow. wasn't 100 million. I mean, it, even a day, like a million a day is just, yeah, stratosphere. But you're, you're so do you, do you use TikTok at all? I have a TikTok and I've been pushed to put stuff on there. Um, and I removed a lot of it because some stuff hit, which I like that it hit. Yeah. And I, I, honestly, it's when you use the hashtags, like they send you a blueprint. I don't know if you get the newsletter from TikTok. I don't get the news. You know, I actually stopped using good. hashtags yeah, altogether. Well, yeah. Okay. I mean, you have, you have a good TikTok. Yeah. You, you're running. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're moving. It's, uh, it's, it, it's for sure changed my career in the, in the sense that like I, when I do live shows, people buy tickets to it. And then I, I'll literally ask on stage, how did you find out about me? And they're like TikTok. TikTok. Amazing. And I'm like, this is crazy. That's sick. Um, so it the, translates directly. It does translate directly. The only drawback to it is, I think, you know, artist burnout. Like you and I, we're similar ages. Like we don't, uh, we weren't brought up with being in front of the camera. Like 
we didn't have we didn't have this phone right from the get-go right so people who are like 18 and under or 25 and under even are very comfortable just filming themselves all yeah, the time. Yeah, like I had this talk with a with a uh, successful music manager just ten days ago. Like he said, all his artists under twenty five have zero problem doing any. They of have this. Z- right. They they and, have but, no- and, and everyone over twenty five is like, it's such a pain in the ass. How can people do this? All this, which it's it's a mental game. At the yeah. end of the day, like you got to find your way. I think that it works for specific projects better than others. I think like comedy is so brilliant on it. Like you can film every show. You yeah. you grab the moments that are great. You're doing shows all the time, which is yeah. uh, in and of itself like a real true achievement uh, i think it's great um but even that it's become uh i i i'm tired of watching my my clips it's gotten to that point where i'm like yeah, but you're not the target audience for your that's true that's true <laughs> you gotta yeah. you're, you're servicing fans and often on tiktok i think you're servicing fans that you don't even know yet yeah um, but for music content just like originals you have to add an element of comedy or something else like you have to become an influencer to do it yeah, and it's like ninety percent marketing. Yeah, you really. can do something else. Like it has to, you know. I saw some great TikToks from a singer that shows his original songs, but it's always like there's a joke ahead of it, there's a joke at the end, there's something happening in the visuals, yeah. like sim- cinematographically. They can't just like put a song out and people will listen to the song. It anymore. just doesn't work. So yeah, yeah. like I, I did some stuff, and you can look, and there's the videos are okay, and some have twenty thousand, sixty thousand, hundred twenty thousand, whatever, you know, yeah. whatever's, and then I let it go because it's so it's just so much work and so much stress, and I Yo. just I write songs, man. Like I want to make content and use social media to report about what i do as an artist yeah i don't want that to become the center of my business and i understand that it raises the profile like you said too you, you get you get bookings from that shows from that but there's burnout and the, and the mental burnout too you know the first time i started losing followers on that app kind of fucked my head a little bit because i was like oh shit like what led to you losing followers uh, uh it was the month i was moving and transitioning my life so you slowed down so i just i ran out of material i i and also like there wasn't enough shows going on so um you know, like I just didn't have enough stuff going, you know, because uh, the year that everything kind of popped on TikTok, I had enough stuff for months to put out, uh, you know, and this is like, you know, almost a decade's worth of work that you've put into your art. Right. So, you yeah, can, um, like writing new material doesn't. Yeah. You know, I doesn't, you know, I mean, I'm, you do a lot of crowd work. stuff. I think the crowd work stuff works well on TikTok, yeah. right? Or is it, it does, m- but I, I could I could sense that they're getting tired of it because I, I use the same chords more or less. And okay. the thing is, when you're up there. And you're you're singing, you're playing guitar, you're interacting with people on the fly, and trying to be funny on the fly. It's hard to to like really uh, what's the word uh, diversify or make your vocals dynamic because you're juggling so much. So yeah. that at the very least, I'm just trying to sing well. Yeah, you know. And I, I I've even had comments like, "Hey man, you're always singing in the same like tone or same key or like the same co- like. Can you change it up?" And I and I responded. I was like. Dude, it's it's harder than you, it looks to <laughs> to be up there, you know. Doing also, eight. it's your voice, man. Like, you what do they it? want? You <laughs> right. Can you just sound like Adele or something yeah. for one of your shows? Can you do like a Kendrick thing, maybe. Uh, no. But with the mental thing, I, and I always talk about this, is is is, you know, you start losing followers, and then you take it personally. And and I think at this point, I've consistently been losing followers for the last month and a half. Don't tell anybody that. It's been about like more than ten thousand. But then when you think about that, it's and I'm posting regularly. And when you think about that, it's like, you know, 10,000 people, that's like a small town in the Midwest. Like, like you know, a small town decided to be it like, just I don't, left. I just yeah. left. Walked out on Walked you. out on me. And it's like, how could you? <laughs> that's not it. But but then but then <laughs> the first time that happened, I, I I was like, all right, this is fine. And then you realize this, is re- this isn't real. These people, at the end of the day, they have to go out into the real world and do stuff. 
yeah who knows? just like us man we yeah. got to do real stuff and and do that online i think continuing to do your shows and continuing to post whatever moments you think are most captivating that's going to be the move i mean even if it, if it gets too tedious for you to do it send the stuff to someone else I have there an you go works on just it. let him do it and he works on it yeah there you go what was your what'd you say your talk about your worst or your best gig or your favorite gig i know we've done so many gigs and we could talk and i know about i took this. notes on this but i don't remember yeah <laughs> no, you said something about a loop pedal oh yeah so the worst gig that i could remember is the first time i tried to play with a loop pedal it mm. wasn't the loop station that everyone knows it wasn't that it thing, wasn't which that is one, very right? cool very cool yeah like that the hand one um it was the jam man the blue one i don't know if you ever saw that one it's like a little blue box okay okay um and it was a struggle just to, it's a struggle anyway to figure out the technology like you know yeah. you do it with your feet you got to spend a whole week or two just to yeah. learn how to use it and then yeah. you got to like practice with it yeah. getting the hitting it at the right time i mean i've taken that to quite I, d I did a whole tour with like a looper that was connected to a drum sequencer yeah but through like an spd pad and so stuff it's that just, one, it was, it's cool it's i like yeah. the technology yeah, yeah. Um, so you're doing I like playing with myself <laughs> like all of us who do. doesn't yeah so then you're doing this gig with the loop pedal they the, the worst part was these songs that i yeah. didn't you know they told me before that they were just i had no connection to these weird like 2000s alt songs i was listening to punk music or like songwriter stuff yeah. and i just couldn't and then every time you know you start to doubt yourself on stage i don't know you've done a lot of shows and Yo, when I you're had, in happens, the middle of it this happened to me on sunday yeah I'll, we'll continue and i'll tell you about if it. i if i think back like you know i was getting 150 bucks that at that time it was like a lot of money and i wanted to i needed it and i didn't want to like fuck up and be kicked out of there and just yeah or or whatever like stop the show and then sort of take half and leave there was no i didn't have a contingency so i was like i gotta get through this and then you're in your head and you're like i suck and everything people <laughs> are being nice to you but you know it's not yeah you know, it doesn't matter the what they thing. say no nothing can get you out of that yeah anymore. yeah Do, have you have you managed Dude, that to feeling like i still i have it that's why i think i wrote it as the worst you know i never fell off stage or puked on stage or something but that's just the one that like i that it, feeling it, it, because it's the first time yeah. you feel it right and then yeah. you're like oh my god i don't even know what this feeling is yeah. and I had a show on Sunday in San Jose and I was opening for this comedian every night and every show I basically done the same set, same 30 minute set each night. And for some reason, the last night, like this crowd was giving me absolutely nothing to the point where I lost it. I was like, you got, I'm giving everything to you. What the fuck? No. I, but like in a funny way, I didn't yeah. like, I wasn't like malicious Were about people it. people not answering you? I literally was doing my How'd crowd. How'd you get here? I, yeah. I go like, where are you from? And they'd just be like, yeah. literally wouldn't answer questions i'm like do y'all what, what is going on <laughs> yeah do, do y'all not know how to where you are who you wh how did yeah. you get here so I, I i lost it in the but that got a big laugh okay and then my best friend was there he's from the bay area and he was watching me and, and he and i heard a big laugh from him because it's been a long time since he's he seen me struggle like this on stage i love it i was like sweating <laughs> and you know it was just like and and he saw he told me that he was like i could see halfway through you wanted to get off i was in the middle of a song just like Ugh. Yeah, uh, I hate this. You know, yeah. that I hadn't felt like that in a long time, so that was very humbling that experience. Yeah. Um. Let's talk. About, oh wait, you're, you're so. Oh, and let's talk about your best gig. Uh. You said you played Bonnaroo. Oh yeah. So that sounds wonderful. Man. Yeah, that was cool. And it was like it was a solo tour because didn't have a lot of money, couldn't bring the band. Yeah. Um. So it was like an intimate performance, or was it? Did you have it all? I had like. I, I played only new songs and like three songs that people knew. So I brought my laptop and I had like a something to trigger songs. I was like, this one's new, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Like I was so, 
tired or something or i just didn't take too much time to like over prepare for which i think they thought was cool they were like this is so nice we're here to party this guy's kind of here to party too yeah (laughs) yeah sometimes they like the vibe more like they just want to hang out and it was like thousands of people suddenly there which i had i would have never expected that was so cool yeah that's like outside of nashville i think bonnaroo yeah Yeah, that is such a cool i think the biggest audience i've done so far is almost a thousand like 800 or something in a theater yeah which is very cool a little bit different i like an intimate show personally i like a I like when the audience is like right fucking here in right my there. face. You, you know what I mean? feel their breath on your cheek. Um, did you ever do So Far Sounds or no? I did. I did a bunch of So Far Sounds. Yeah, I, I yeah. did. A, I did that, that's overseas too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I did a, a bunch of shows. They don't book me anymore. I don't know why. So if you can... I think at some point they have... They're, they have to like recycle. Yeah, they yeah, have to yeah. put new, new artists up. I want to go back to that songwriting there process question. Yeah. Um, w- when you write, what do you do? I know you, you, you wrote here you have a couple different ways you know some people you hear about like pharrell he goes to the and or eminem they go to the studio 9 a.m they're out 5 p.m and they then they go home and they live their life they got done what they can get done in the studio you know who does that pharrell does that eminem does that and they treat it very much like a job yeah which i i respect i don't work that way how do, how would you work when it comes to writing a song i switch it up. i think i wrote that like i have to switch it up i can't do any one thing for too long so when i had i just closed my studio in berlin actually um so i could be more mobile again or yeah. feel comfortable about being mobile um and i was doing a lot of nine to five which is fun and then yeah. sometimes you'll do like you'll start at five and go until 4 a.m and i'll do that for a week sure yeah, weeks, yeah. you know yeah. and then i'll have horrible days the whole time and, and hate it but also kind of love it yeah um and then i'll completely not go to the studio and just you know, just write like poetry for a while mm-hmm. or only play guitar. I, I like to switch it up always. Yeah. I think that's the way to keep your creativity fresh. Do you, do you make a contract with yourself every day? I got to show up to my notepad and write some lyrics or. I don't. I, okay. I remember when I was 17 and I dropped out to study the first time I was like, I'm making a routine and I'm going to follow it. Mm. I remember that day. And I just, to, it's hard. to now like 17 years later, I'm 33 um haven't managed to really do that is it is it just sometimes you're not feeling it or is it is you just have too many things that are piling up that you got to work on there's just something in the way i'm wired that you know I, I wouldn't classify myself as adhd i've never been diagnosed but i'm just constantly changing gears like in my yeah. mind and in my heart and things are always changing mm. and i think that i want to lean into that i don't want to try to tame that really yeah of course i think that's a part of who i am yeah of course okay and, and what i've become you know, my uh, speaking with the you know going into the studio nine to five. My a uh, good friend of mine is a sound engineer for DJ Mustard, and uh, he's like, I'm like, where are you at? He's like, I'm in the studio, and I'm like, is is Mustard there? He's like, Nah, he's just I'm just I just have to be here because, you know, I I, I imagine what, like if you're in LA, you could literally be out at lunch with an artist and be like, Well, you want to just hit the studio right now, and you just go there. You know, and so he's just like on call and retainer for this dude all the time. Yeah, I mean, I have I learned how to schedule LA, I think this time the best, you know, doing some key stuff and then leaving the rest open for whatever happens, because yeah. there's so many things that can just hit you when you're over here. You yeah. Know? yeah, I had a question in here that, uh, about your biggest obstacle when it comes to making music. And uh, I don't know if you if you have an answer, if you want to read what you wrote here, we could we could give me like a primer on it. Or like um, it's uh, the tech side enough, you know, knowing its limitations. Uh, for that's the biggest obstacle. It says biggest obstacle is recording because is recording because I understand the tech side enough okay, to know gotcha. its limitations. Right. Although anyone can record at home, it's you know, Dude, so it's long. Un, it's unicorn. You said it's unicorn rare to make anything <laughs> resembling a hit record at home, even in like EDM is what you Dude, wrote. Dude, why? Like I was so tired. When I don't I know why you too. answered it. You could just yeah. be like, I you know, you gave me too much. I gave you a lot. You gave me more than you. You know what? To. I've I've done. I've 
done this before with other things. That's why, like, I my hope is that I can somehow hold on to some of it if I put effort into it like sure, that. Sure, but of sure. course, it's gone somewhere. Yeah. Um, again, trying to tame myself. So, do you feel like you feel like recording at home for you? you do you not like that, or I love it. You I love, love it. it. I, I was doing it this morning. Sure. Before okay. I came, and yeah. I and I did it yesterday morning, and I I I like to do it. I just. The more you learn, it's one of those things, like the more you learn about how it works, the less you're like, whoa, I have no clue what's going on. And like everything I make sounds, it sounds so sick in your headphones. And then you put it on and then you you go next on on SoundCloud, like the next song comes on and you're like, oh man, it's so quiet and soft and like, you know, thin and set. So there's just so much to know. I mean, I think one thing that I will hold myself to now is when I go back. Uh, to Berlin to spend like 10 days doing one of these Pro Tools workshops. Sure. Like yeah. Production workshop for Pro Tools because I know the program is the best one. I know all the other programs except Pro Tools. I can sort of move around in Pro Tools and I'm hoping that by learning that it'll get me a step closer to being a better producer. Yeah, you know? of course. Yeah. yeah. Well, you just released an album. An album. Uh, also, Chromio is featured on this album on the title track, Closer. And uh, first That's of all, the highlight for me, the highlight, okay. like how does it, I, and you spoke a little bit to this, but you know, how do collab, there's a lot of different way collaborations work. Can you speak to how this collaboration with, with Chromio came together? Yeah. So that was very uh, basic industry thing. Our managers got connected at some point and then, yeah. you know, I had of course known their music. They had no idea who I was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and my manager's like, Hey, I have a link to them. Do you have any ideas? Like, oh, should wow. we send them this song? And I was like, no, that song's not going to work for them. Let me think of something. And then I, f- I picked one out that I had. And I was like, this would be great. I want them to do it. When you send, when you say you have an idea and you have a song mm-hmm. that you're going to send to Chromio, right? Is it per, like a produced version or is it, are you sending them like, you know, a scratch vocal with like. No, I it? had it done. You had it done. I had a whole nother, like the song sounding completely different. Wow. Yeah. And I was okay. like. If we're going to do, if I have the opportunity to do a song with Chromio, because our, like, my manager is going to pitch it over there, this is the one that I would some sacrifice my version of to have their, mm, to, to hear have their, their, to, hear their, their, to their, have their name on it and to have, and they really liked the song and That's came back awesome. to me with like first version. They let me do notes, which doesn't always happen when you're working with someone that's like that, that level years ahead of you, like a decade ahead yeah, of you and done, yeah. you know, done so much stuff. Um, so it was a very cool process, man. I got to send them, I was, you know, sending voice notes. They were sending, they, they showed me voice notes when I went to their studio of what they had sent to each other, like beatboxing out, like the, That's the so bass cool. lines and stuff. And like, no, do it like this, do it like this. It was just, yeah. When you're pitching to an art, is that the first time you got to pitch to an artist like that? Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that was, you know, pitching. That's an interesting one because I, it was clear that I was going to release it. Um, yeah. So it wasn't like, I was jumping into their realm too much. I was just using them for uh, using maybe a no, bad word for it, but, but no, you, know. you guys are having a symbiotic relationship. They like yeah, their music. You like their exactly. music. Exactly. They're like, like this guy's voice, like this guy's lyrics and the flow. That's what like, collaboration is. Like what's going on in this song. And then I'm like, I really like the way you guys do beats and yeah. let's like, let's hear it. And I love this vocoder stuff that you have going on. And I, we back and forth. Yeah, that on was the some cool stuff. Little, little, in, these little inflect. I want you closer. Yeah. Yeah. That you was, know, they do the, yeah. The, that was dope. Just yeah. So sick. Yeah. Oh, um, wow. So I feel really, really blessed that I got them on uh, relatively late onto the album. I don't know how you feel with every album you put out. Do you feel like you get better or, or I think you learn so you much evolve. from the process every time, Yeah, you know, and this is the first album I did. I, like I said before, I'd just been doing singles and EPs and like changing gear and doing, throwing songs out in whatever form that I liked and doing fiction for the first time with one Sonic in mind, like one Sonic goal in mind with yeah. a producer um, was a lesson like good and bad, right? Like you learn how to focus up and you learn how unnecessary some of these preconceptions are and, 
Um, I wish I'd just thrown some of them out and not been so strict with myself on, on specific stuff. Yeah. But also to be, to be completely fair, and I know everybody had a hard time with COVID, but the fact is like we had to stop developing the album. My A&R lost her job. I couldn't travel to the UK anymore to work on it. Um, so we had this half-developed album. We're like, well, let's finish it the way that it is. Like, follow this path to the end. Where if I had been able to continue, like, s stay on the ship and keep steering it and follow the compass that I had inside, like, I, I think I would have got to a different destination. Do you um, have any advice for a new? We're we're wrapping up slowly. I have a couple yeah. questions left yeah. for you, but. For a young burgeoning musician out there in the middle of nowhere, Kansas City, Missouri, or Always. North Dakota, do you, let's say they're they want to be a songwriter. Because I've had conversations with fans that are you know teenagers who've just DM me and they want to they want advice. But how do you do it? How yeah. do you do it? Yeah. Like like you know if there's anything you could impart as a nugget of wisdom to them, and if you don't feel any, anything prolific coming to you, don't feel any stress. I always have a million ideas for this. Yeah. I love it. I love it because it's part of what I'm gonna say, and I hope I remember that it's the second part. Um, first is like you gotta just start doing it, right? If you see and you make a goal for yourself, that's an important one. Like I want to do this, whatever it is. I want to write a song. I want to play a show at yeah. this specific place you got to put one foot in front of the other and start getting there otherwise you're just dreaming and talking and dming people about it yeah. you know um and the so, so just just starting to do it like learning whatever it is necessary to do that and the second thing is um and the reason that i like these questions is finding a mentor finding oh, somebody yeah. that you trust that does the thing you do better than you <laughs> yeah and like being vulnerable enough and humble enough to ask them for help yeah. and really say, and just be like, can I be around? I started out mm -hmm. like I had nobody in my family besides dad playing a bit of guitar, uh, knew anything about music. So I would call, like there was a dude in a band a couple grades above me and it was the lamest thing for him to talk to me and he wouldn't talk to me in school. But I called him after school, old school, pre, so, you know, and he was practicing guitar and I was like, what's going on? Oh, you're playing right now? Like, that idea that he was like working on something, all right, that incepted, you know, as a kid, and what are you doing? Oh, I'm doing songs, I'm rewriting something, making a production, whatever, whatever it was. And he would he would talk to me, and, and later on it was like studio. I had no idea. I just yeah. went to some studio and was like, studio. can I That's kind of do very anything here? And the guy's like, who are you? And then got to know somehow, started wrapping cables and sitting in the back of the room and watching people yeah on the mic and how to do you know everything it's very similar it's very similar to comedy like just show up to the comedy club go to the open mic sit in the back of the room you c comedy is one of those things where it's like you really have to like <laughs> i remember in new york i was out every night at an open mic until like one or two in the morning signing up waiting in the back of a bar to do Played hundreds of open mics you as know well. hundreds do waiting to do three minutes one song two songs yeah. whatever yeah. the fuck it was that goes into the doing it sector of what absolutely I was like, that's yeah. the doing yeah. okay and um, did you find did you find a mentor for yourself like was that I never you know really getting into the private side of it and being like what does this uh, guy do when he goes home does he take notes on what happened is he crying his bed at night does he wake up and journal or? i i never f had a mentor per se but i had a lot of experiences that i always tried to take from so you know for i worked at a tv show at the end of college that was a con it was late night with conan o'brien and uh i was you know i just asked the writers questions and I think if you don't have a mentor, I mean, I'll amend this too. Like if you don't have a mentor, don't be afraid to ask anybody in who's around you at any moment who works in the industry who's successful for advice because if there is any, like if it's there hard is, to find, bro, I had nobody too, you know, you know I you mean, what, find them. Though. You just got to, right. And you know, this guy who was a writer, he recommended a, a joke writing book 
and so I immediately bought it and awesome. It, it was it, it was like how to write you know TV shows, how to write jokes, how to write screenplays like all this sort of stuff and, uh, and did you feel like one step closer to your people when you read that you're like whoa this is a thing absolutely yeah. and and uh it's just like it helped a lot you know one of the biggest things and i think this would go well for musicians too one of the biggest things of advice okay let me, let me phrase this so it could be a nice tiktok clip you know one of the things one of the exercises I used to help me not take, you know, bad sets so personal was was a grading system. I would grade my sets after every show. So I would grade myself on certain criteria like, you know, timing, presence, material, focus, right? So that way when you get off stage and let's say you had a bad set, you, you, you don't immediately go, oh, they don't like me. It's because I suck. It's like, no, your material was weak. Your timing was off. Your, you know, your, your presence, whatever it was. So fix those things you know so that way you could have a more objective view of your own art because it's very hard when you are in it dude and find a positive way of doing that because Absolutely. just getting down on yourself like oh it wasn't that wasn't that you're like well i know my timing was awful like what can i do about it okay totally. that that was the spot i know i felt yeah. it today i felt where the spot was and you start to get like you start building new senses for stuff it's really cool yeah, yeah. absolutely um, I saw one of you, you're not that active on uh, Twitter, but I saw a, a, oh, yeah. a tweet post that said, I don't really like garlic, red flag, red flag, red flag, red flag. Right. You, do you know what that was about? Was it a date you went on? Somebody there was, was a, eating garlic <laughs> a lot or? No, no, it was, so that's a quote. And when you see, there was a moment on Twitter when you would oh. post things that people say that would be a red flag. So for me, it's a red, red flag when somebody doesn't like garlic. Oh, yeah, I yeah. see. And yeah. he gets it now. And that's like, crazy. Cause yeah, I agree. Like if you don't fuck with garlic, yeah. what are you doing anyway? That's what? like, Garlic is the backbone of anything flavorful, honestly. There it is. Yeah. Um, and hot right. sauce over here. Everybody needs hot sauce on everything. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> we do need hot sauce. Yeah. I, I get hot sauce on everything. I was, like a woman was getting nervous at the at a Mexican spot. I was at yesterday, burrito spot. Like, do you hot sauce with that? Can you make sure this <laughs> As the girl was walking away, she's like, yeah, yeah, it's, you're going to be good. There's hot sauce <laughs> in it. Be burning. All right. You know, uh, I like this. If you weren't uh, doing this, what would you be doing if you weren't a musician? I think you Oh yeah, so I wrote. I think I wrote. I started getting tired. Yeah. I just wrote like one word. Things. Yeah, yeah, probably. I wrote, a I'd be a teacher. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Because um, my dad's a teacher. My brother's now like social work, teaching, working with kids, doing All workshops right. and stuff. And I just have that in me. Like I also the only other uh, job I had outside of doing this. Well, I worked in a restaurant for three weeks once. Sure. <laughs> and sure. I never went back, and I never yeah, quit. I, I just that's done. And the other thing that I did was teach guitar, and All I right. loved working. It was really it helped me a lot. Like if you can learn to teach that's a great way of growing absolutely because you're like the kids were asking me for songs that i hadn't that i had no interest in doing myself at the moment but then figuring yeah. it out you know a kid asked me even for a muse song at some point i hadn't really listened to muse and it was a song called soldier's poem that changed the way that i write and view and hear music yeah and doing that was like such a gift for me and i just have uh, i have a lot of i think like giving is one of the best things you can do in your life and giving knowledge is like the ultimate thing you can do Absolutely. you know I agree. if you can help someone figure something out for themselves or um that's yeah. part of the reason that i even make music you know allowing yeah. people to find vulnerability in themselves that they weren't brave enough they to te you teach you teach somebody something you never know i mean i remember I'd, I'd be doing shows live shows doing touring colleges and some student dm me after the show like you literally like changed my life and i was like bro i just like wrote this song like yeah. you know you, you don't even think about it that that deep but comedy's powerful man i mean you know it yeah but definitely. it's one of the most influential things for artists in general i think is like uh, comedians like yeah. it's a top because it's the most brutal job too you know? it's tough yeah. yeah um you know what's funny about comedy anytime somebody is canceled or their their careers hit the bottom 
they start doing stand-up comedy. So what does that say about the art form, you know? All right, we're, we're moving on to the last question, which I ask every guest. Um, this may have changed since you answered it, but uh, what is the last song you listened to on your streaming device, whether it's your iPhone or... And you can't... Here, pick it up, because we want to see. It's okay. And we're not, there's no judgments here. There's no judgments here. It will, it will definitely have changed, I hope. Oh, oh yeah. So right now it's a song called Hopeless from an artist called Clinton Kane. Can you see it? Can you see it? There you go. Clinton. Fantastic. Dude. Um, I love that. I just discovered this kid. He's like 11 million monthly listeners. I mean, the songs are pretty cheesy. Like he's taking sort of <laughs> really like taking kind of surface level first lyrics that roll in the door sometimes. Yeah. But the way he sings at the expression, man, like. Uh, you can yeah, hear that. He has that timber in his voice. That's really beautiful. Amazing. Yeah. yeah tombre, we all want actually. that shit. Tomber? Yeah. Tomber. Yeah, uh, it's like French, right? Tombre. Tombre. Anyway, correcting tombre. him at the end of the podcast. No, not at like all. Like an asshole. Well, no. So, James, uh, uh, this is obviously the time where you can plug yourself. You can, We're wrapping it up. Uh, I don't know if you have a website. You have an album out. Let them know what the name of the album is, where they could find it. You know, self shameless self promotion portion really? of, the, of the podcast. This is the part I'm best at. Obviously. I can go first if you want. I was going to like promote you, honestly. I was going to talk <laughs> more about how badass it is to be a comedian. It and, is and badass why I think sometimes. it is that I thought about a long time ago. That but, but why is it that? Because I know I want to be a, like a real musician real bad. And, and musicians, I feel like. Want to be funny. They want to be funny. <laughs> they want to be comedians and stuff. Uh, you know what it is with comedians? Like with music, you get behind an instrument and 90% of the people check out. Like they have no idea what's going on and what you're doing. Yeah. And it sounds amazing. And they're already like, it's incredible that you can even make a beat on drums, right? Like I fell in love with a, with drums when I heard someone play like, mm, dun -ka, dun -dun, dun -ka, and I was like, how I want to learn. I want to know that. Yeah. And so with music, like you can get away with so much in the sound of your voice, but with comedy, like there's no, especially with just straight stand up with microphone. You, everyone has like a funny family member who just get you like rolling yeah. on the floor and then somebody gets on stage and thinks they're funny and that's the first like when somebody gets on you're like okay what you got oh it's tough but the vibe is it's not quite as as when i have that in my mind like i went to a couple shows comedy shows and people are open to laugh and have fun yeah a well, lot might, i think you're coming tonight to the show coming tonight all right get some Bring rest of the show yeah. guys i'm morgan J. this is the podcast check us out Every week, um, I don't know who next week's guest is because we haven't released any of these yet, but they will be released. Um, look me up, morganj.com. I might be coming to a city near you. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys.